You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WBET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've decided to join us. This year's Mackinac Policy Conference has been a bit different than in years past, but we've still had plenty of activity up here on the island. Joining me now are two journalists who have covered more than a few of these conferences in the past to talk about what we learned, what policymakers and business leaders had on their agendas, and what they didn't talk enough about. Nancy Kaffer is an opinion columnist for the Detroit Free Press. Nancy, welcome to Detroit Today. It's great to be here. And Chad Livengood is a senior editor at Crane's Detroit Business. Chad, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Stephen. So let's just start with uh, your impressions of this year's conference and how it was different from years past. There, I think there's no question this has been the most unusual Mackinac Policy Conference I've ever attended. Nancy, what did you think? Um, there just aren't a lot of people here, which, <laughs> given the situation, is actually just fine. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it's really interesting to walk through this hotel that would normally be wall-to-wall humanity, and instead it's a, it's a sparser crowd. Again, relieving, but also noteworthy. Um, I wonder how much face-to-face networking is taking place. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of mask wearing, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's always a question of what, what really does come out of this conference, I think is always kind of a, a question, and I, and I wonder what will happen this year. Yeah. Chad? I, I mean, I think the strangest thing is that this is a policy conference without policymakers. Uh, yeah. Uh, we don't have the county executives of Oakland County, Macomb County, uh, legislators are not uh, showing up because they're, they're bogged down in budget votes. Uh, and, um, and you know, of course, the legislature could have tried to have it done beforehand, but they were going to customize uh, their schedule around uh, the uh, Detroit Regional Chamber's, uh, you know, uh, conference. And, and then the timing was just different because it's in September for the first time. So the last 40 uh, gatherings of this conference have always been in May or early June. Mm-hmm. And so it's conflicting with a whole lot of things. Uh, Motor Bella, the new uh, uh, experience-based auto um, uh, show out in Pontiac, uh, kicked off. So the governor actually had to kick start her week there rather than doing the usual governor uh, address at the beginning of the conference to kind of welcome people. And then the governor had to do her finish up, uh, you know, final speech on uh, Wednesday afternoon. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, just a little disjointed in so many ways. It's, it's, this thing usually flows. And the fact that you don't have access to policymakers to talk about policy, um, it, it makes it so that we're, uh, you know, a lot of the business leaders and the lobbyists here, they're kind of just talking to themselves right now. Yeah. So, pop quiz for the both of you. When was the last time that transit was not one of the biggest issues on the Mackinac policy agenda? Wow, I can't actually remember a time when yeah. it hasn't been a big issue. The answer is, I don't know, because no. I can I can't never remember a year when it wasn't, except for this year. Transit was really not on the agenda. Well, COVID really kind of took the wind out of the transit conversation sales because really we pivoted last spring from thinking about people in you know a congregate environment transit is is by definition mm-hmm. a crowded environment ideally um 
and so I, that that conversation really stalled out last year. It needs to be picked back up as we're moving into long-term pandemic management instead of short-term crisis management. But yeah, noteworthy that it's not talked about. Yeah, Chad. Yeah, a couple of days ago, Jeff Kowalski, the uh, longtime photographer in the region, he put a posted a picture from the 1997. Uh, uh, Mackinac <laughs> Conference, where the Big Four were standing out, sitting on stage. It was Dennis Archer Sr. and Ed McNamara, L. Brooks Patterson, and uh, whoever was the Macomb County uh, Commission well, we chairman at the time. Event, yeah, was right. chairman of the commission at the time. <laughs> and I think, and, and so uh, it was, he was saying that they were talking about uh, the, um, uh, the tra- regional transit then, and they've been talking about regional transit at almost all of these uh, um, uh, shindigs uh, for 50 years almost now. And so, um, yeah, th- that's why at Cranes we decided to, when we were talking about you know, taking the, one of the pillars of the conference, which was equity, uh, we're trying to kick, kick around. Well, what type of issue could we kick the tires on here? Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't think there's any more e- equity-related issue in as far as economic equity than transit. Give you the ability to get around and get a job uh, in Metro Detroit is particularly hard if you do not have access to a vehicle. Sure. You can't afford a car. You can't afford car insurance is still the highest in the nation, despite all the reforms that they celebrated on this, uh, you know, on the front porch of this hotel uh, 28 months ago. Yeah. Uh, we have not done anything really to sizably make it more uh, uh, inexpensive to get into a vehicle in Michigan, and particularly in Detroit. And then we, we just know from the way we've sort of built this system out, uh, the smart bus system has all these opt-out communities. And uh, the I-275 corridor has been sort of bothering me for a long time. It's like there's thousands and thousands of jobs out there. And there's no way to get to them if you are coming from Detroit, if you're coming from uh, even for, if you're coming from Garden City or, or some one of the first ring suburbs. So you just can simply not get there on a bus. The buses stop at the border and you have major corridors like Grand River uh, and Ford Road. I went and rode buses on Ford Road in Westland just to see what it's like to get, basically get kicked off the bus uh, halfway into Westland because... Because uh, Canton Township, a, a city, a municipality of, of almost 100,000 people, has zero buses. And yet, yeah, Ford Road, there are so many jobs, and particularly jobs for employers who are begging for employees right now. And they can't figure out how to get them they there. They can't get them there. That's yeah. one of the so, issues. Also, yeah. kind of notably not mentioned this week, I, I'm getting daily updates from my husband about whether or not our basement is flooded. Uh, yes. um, <laughs> luckily, we're okay so yeah. far. But climate change, not, mm-hmm. not on the agenda. Mm-hmm. And that is something that certainly really... Infrastructure-wise, was it? Yeah, yeah. There's been talk about infrastructure, and it's good that we're having that emphasis. But the direct connection of the increasing severity of storms to climate change has not. I think I heard it mentioned in one conversation by a participant, by a panelist. But I mean, this is a. It's really hard to deny that this is playing a an increasing role in our weather events. We have how many hundred-year storms have we had this summer? Yeah, it's um. You know, I would like to have heard that centered more here. So I wonder what what both of you have been sort of noting and paying attention to this week, given the absence of transit, given the absence of the political leadership in in most of the state. What what would you say is the highlight story from this conference, Nancy? 
to be honest, we talk about a lot of a lot of the same things are discussed every every conference. Mm-hmm. Um, the importance of education and investment in education and supporting teachers. This is becoming. Uh, again, the pandemic underscored how absolutely vital that is. Our children did not do well over the last 18 months. We need a lot of help to help them complete, as we now say, they have unfinished learning, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> which is really only a meaningful phrase if we have plans to finish the learning at some point. We have a lot of money, a lot of uh, resources to direct. Some of that's hashed out in the budget. But these conversations happen again and again without really meaningful um, actions happening, and I'm. I would like to see some meaningful interaction with our children's future. I heard a press conference uh, um, Wednesday about electric vehicles and the importance of jobs, and the, the we're going to create all these jobs in Michigan. And when our school systems are failing our children, it's just kind of pointless to talk about jobs. Mm. Yeah. Jan, I mean, the, the the governor and others tried to really emphasize. Look, we have still have the biggest investment uh, in K twelve schools in history. Well, that's because you got a big multi billion dollar shot in the arm by the federal government, either through direct stimulus or through um, uh, stimulus checks that resulted in more sales tax and income tax, and they knew what to do with. Uh, and but but the 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 fear here is twenty twenty three, twenty twenty four. Uh, when sort of the uh, uh, the juice runs out on stimulus, and inevitably we'll have a national conversation about austerity, and and some of this will just this this money will go away, and and now we're back to the sort of same baseline stagnant funding that we had been just uh, barely getting by on, and what are we going to do to fill that gap? Because uh, all by all estimates, we're underfunding uh, public education by somewhere around three to four billion dollars. A year in this in this state, and there's a lot of talk about you know we got to make this more equitable distribution. We got to we got to yeah, you know, but that's 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 rearranging the the the, uh, the chairs on the proverbial uh, deck of the of the uh, Titanic. That's not uh, addressing the hole uh, in the hole of the um, of the ship, and and that's that's and I'm hearing from business leaders more and more. They're getting more and more um, concerned about what they're just seeing. And what with, with with education and education outcomes, and it's starting to kind of really start some fires now. Whether that actually translates into um, telling people in Lansing what they need to be doing, that's a whole different story. And that and you know that's where this conference does serve a purpose to try to be, to do that. But again, you can't do that when the policymakers are still in Lansing hammering away budget votes on a Wednesday afternoon. Yeah. We had a conversation um, at Free Press a couple of weeks ago when Ed Trust Midwest came out with their most recent report with um, Dave Mador from DTE and Mike Jandernoa from, I'm going to blank on his organization's yeah. name, yeah. but who's involved with West business Michigan from Michigan. Business, yeah. Right. And I, you know, I asked them, are you willing to put your fundraising, your campaign contributions of the organizations you're connected with, um, your personal campaign contributions, and influence your networks to only make contributions to educators who adopt this agenda. Tiered funding, um, wraparound services for kids, tutoring for children particularly harmed during the pandemic. And they said yes. So that was huge and I hope that they follow suit. I know that in elections you often have, you have to pick between who's there, not who you wish was running. Mm -hmm. But um, I think that if the business community is really serious about education, Money talks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I wonder if we can talk just a little about Southeast Michigan and the fact that uh, the executive from Macomb and the executive from Oakland were not here. I can't remember 
that ever happening at, at Mackinac. The question, though, is did it matter? Does it really matter if those folks are here? Uh, and did we notice anything this week that suggested uh, their absence? Nancy? Well, um, like Chad said, m- meaningful policy discussions are a little easier if the actual policymakers are here. <laughs> if they're here. But, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's hard to say as a journalist uh, we're not participants in, in these you know, famous you know, conversations that happen up here where people get face-to-face and get deals done. Mm-hmm. We only see the output. And so I think it's a little harder for us to judge until there's output or lack thereof yeah. as to how meaningful that absence was. Yeah. Chen? Yeah, I think um, I, I talked to Mark Hackle last week and I asked him, you know, why are you not attending? Because there was some speculation that he wasn't attending because of the COVID vaccine mandate. He's he's a, he's one of these uh, political leaders who's refusing to say whether he's vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and so uh, but he said, no, it's because I don't like the agenda um, that, he, they, that and, and he was very frank, you know, uh, racial justice and equity uh, is not on his agenda fixing potholes, infrastructure, crumbling roads in Warren is on his agenda, mm. and it wasn't really on the agenda here. And and so, um, and, and Macomb County is like ground zero for infrastructure problems uh, between outflows of, you know, of, of sewer that go into, uh, sewer water that go into and spill into Lake St. Clair, uh, and and then just, you know, any number of basements that flood on a, on a almost weekly basis uh, between eight and 12 mile road, um, and and yeah, as Nancy noted earlier, that wasn't really discussed this week, even though while we were here, um, th- there was uh, heavy rains Tuesday night, I believe, and uh, people were having uh, posting pictures back home of, of more flooded basements. And, I mean, this has been, um, uh, by all accounts, um, you know, a pretty miserable summer when it yeah. comes to infrastructure in this region in southeast Michigan. And yet um, we have not got a real uh, finger on the pulse yet. At least the, the folks that organized this conference did not make that a big emphasis. And Hackle decided to basically protest the conference because he knows, and he's got his finger. I mean, what, say what you want about Mark Hackle. He knows what his people in Macomb County what care about, are, and that is, that is their focus. Yeah. Okay, Nancy Kaffer, columnist for the Detroit Free Press. Chad Live and Good, senior editor for Crane's Detroit Business. It was good to see you guys in person up here on Mackinac Island, but thanks for joining the show as well. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Okay, that is going to do it for us today. Tune in tomorrow when I'll be back in Detroit hosting the show. We're going to hear from the small-town Iowa newspaper editor whose publication won a Pulitzer Prize in 2017, as well as the co-director of a documentary about that paper's work, which is featured in this week's Detroit Free Press Film Festival. And Congresswoman Brenda Lawrence will join the show to talk about what is going on in Washington. This is 1019 WDETFM, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.